Welcome everyone to the Design 101 podcast. My name is Amanda Gates and I own Gates Interior Design in Nashville, Tennessee. My company specializes in living a stylish and holistic life. My goal with this podcast is to celebrate all the blessings that we receive from a well-designed life. I hope to introduce you to inspirational people, teach you new ways to live better, and empower you to design your best life through intention. There are many ways to achieve balance and harmony in our lives, but it all starts at home. Join me each month to be inspired, transformed, and motivated to live your best life. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Design 101. I'm your host Amanda and to really kick off the new year, I have an interview lined up with the very well-known astrologer, Josh Brady. Josh has a healing practice in New Mexico and was trained in the stars by his own father, Tom Brady, who's been doing astrology for almost 50 years. I've also had him on the podcast uh, for about the last three years in a row. Anyways, To kick off the year of 2015, I always love to have an astrologer on the show. Have you ever had one of those days? Maybe one of those months that has Murphy's Law written all over it? What about one of those years? Chances are, it was written in the stars. The planets are symbols or indicators that when aligned in certain ways read like a weather report. And as many of you know, just because there is a hurricane outside, it doesn't mean that you're bound to the indoors. However, you better be prepared to weather the storm. Astrology is not fortune telling. In fact, it is a great indicator to your personal seasons. It lets you know when it's summer and when it's winter. And if you're launching a new product, getting married, or about to travel, most of us would prefer summer over winter. In other words, it's a heavenly weather report that helps you understand the trends and patterns that have occurred before. Certain things tend to happen during certain patterns, and through this, an astrologer can determine what to expect. Our ancestors used astrology for worship, ceremony, and as a way to honor their heritage. Cultures that were close to nature understood the natural rhythms and unlike today's city dwellers whose main connection is sealed up in office buildings, residential homes, and concrete floors, we've lost that connection to basically our ancestors and Mother Earth. In the fall of 2008, great change started to take place. Saturn, Uranus, and Pluto were all at 180 degrees. So what does this mean to an astrologist? Winter. Saturn is our safety and security. Uranus is the shocks in our life. And Pluto stands for great change, a pivotal time in our history. The last time that alignment took place was the 1960s. As we approach 2017, we are about to enter into yet another pivotal time, a square of planets that are about to create a great tug of war. Neptune, Saturn, Jupiter, and Chiron are all about to hold hands in the sky. So what does all this mean? Radical transformation. Join me as I sit down with Josh to discuss the events of 2015, what we are here to look forward to, the economic climate, and what to prepare for. Hi, Josh. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy and excited to have you on today. Hi, Amanda. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here. I'm excited to be here, too. 
Great. Well, before we really jump into the topic of astrology, just give us a little bit of background about who you are. And, you know, I'm always curious as to how people uh, fall into a profession. So how did you get started with astrology? Yeah, well, uh, for me, um, I think it was one of those cases where my profession probably chose me more than I chose it. Um, uh, uh, but to 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 start at the beginning, somewhat, uh, my my education began. My undergraduate education began with cultural anthropology and uh, English literature, uh, and then in my graduate studies, I moved into clinical social work. Um, up until my mid thirties, I worked as a builder and carpenter. Um, when um, in one particularly challenging winter where things were really slow, uh, my father, who is a longtime practicing astrologer, uh, presented me with the opportunity to learn how to start preparing his weekly charts for him. So I actually uh, started in astrology on more of the technical side, learning how to set a chart up before I ever got into actually interpreting uh, the symbolism, um, which I think is a pretty good way to go uh, if one's going to learn astrology, although um, many roads to Rome. Um, um, so I, uh, after a few years of preparing his charts, um, I was ready to uh, start taking a, a stab at uh, interpretation myself, and I began reading charts. Uh, I sort of, I feel I sort of hit the ground running when it came time to do the chart interpretation because, again, my father is a longtime practicing astrologer. He got into astrology when I was born, so I came up, um, you know, surrounded by the language of astrology, and I think I absorbed more than I realized I had absorbed uh, because when it came time to start into interpretation myself, I... I just felt like it sort of happened very quickly for me, uh, which I'm very grateful for. I, I do consider astrology to be a gift in my life, and um, um, again, I'm very grateful for it. Well, and it's, you know, um, astrology is a huge, I wouldn't say a passion, but a, definitely a curiosity of my own, and um, I've read many books over the years on astrology, just trying to learn it, and I've read many articles on it, and I, without a doubt, I believe in it. I've, you know, seen it work in my own life, but it is very difficult to learn. There's a lot of um, intricacies to it, so I could yes. see how having uh, a family member who's there uh, to answer any questions or if something comes up, um, that's always been my challenge is that when something comes up, I'm like, well, what does that mean? And uh -huh. I don't have anything to, anything to reference it to. So yes, yes. wonderful to have that. Yeah. Again, I was very fortunate in that, in that way. Mm -hmm. So give us a little bit of an idea for those listeners who may be uh, new to the idea of astrology. I think that oftentimes people just assume that it's fortune telling or, you know, something that's very woo woo when in fact it's, it's quite concrete. Give us mm -hmm. a little bit of uh, an idea of what astrology is. Yes. Okay. Um, there, there are probably many ways to answer that question. Um, while, uh, astrology is, uh, fairly concrete, as you said, uh, it's probably more akin to art than it is to science. Um, uh, 
the way I see it, astrology is a sort of a form of, of mythology or of storytelling in a sense. Uh, it presents us with the archetypes that have been with us since the dawn of human consciousness. Um, by archetypes, by the way, I mean um, they're considered sort of the original model for something, such as the concept of mother and father. Um, uh, it's it's Archetypes are a basic pattern of human experience. So astrology, just like mythology um, and, and our fairy tales, uh, present us with the archetypes um, that have been with us for a very long time. Um, uh, these, these, these mythologies, these, these archetypes inform us in some way of what it is to be human um, and I believe help us navigate what it is to have a, a human experience. Um, so astrology, um, it helps us understand ourselves and our world in a, in a fuller way. Um, so, you know, we could probably talk for a day about uh, what, uh, what exactly is astrology. Um, you know, I use it very much as a counseling tool, uh, something that, that helps people uh, talk about themselves uh, and then through doing that to to get to know themselves better and uh, and then of course the world around them as well yeah and I think that uh, especially in our culture uh, many uh, other cultures that are much more closer uh, connected to uh, earth and nature itself which I feel mm -hmm. like our culture is not they have practiced things like astrology for millennia uh, mm -hmm. And I have found that, um, and you and I have spoken about this before, but even with numerology, there are many patterns that occur, and they are the patterns that, or trends that we see that are, that consistently happen. And so, by looking at a numerology chart with someone, I can tell very specific traits about them, how their life uh, or life events that are going to or have occurred and in, in, uh, how they've uh, been brought up or things that the challenges that they may be facing. And I find that astrology is the same way. It's really uh, a time stamp when you're born, which leads me into mm -hmm. our natal chart. And that's kind of the, the thumbprint of how the chain of events are going to open for us. So explain to us what a natal chart is and how it does give us that snapshot of not only who we are as an individual and our traits, but how it foresees everything in the future with the way that those planets line up. Okay, the, the natal chart, uh, which is, by the way, also known as the birth chart, um, is, as you've already mentioned, a, a snapshot of the solar system at the moment of, of your birth. Um, uh, it's, it's basically a map of the configuration of the planets of the solar system at the time of your birth. Uh, astrologers believe that this configuration of planets in our birth chart tells us something about ourselves. Um, I like to call the birth chart the roadmap to power uh, because what the what it does is it lays out for us um, not only our strengths and challenges uh, but our potentials um, in other words it lays out our potentials um, and it tells us something about the strengths and challenges that we will meet along the way to reaching that highest potential of ours so in that sense uh, you know the birth chart is describing who we are 
at the core, or at least who we have the potential to be. And we'll, we'll get into that a little more here, I believe. Um, but sort in a nutshell, that's, uh, that's what's coming up for me in the moment in terms of how to describe the, the natal chart to you. And based on that, I think it's important to say that obviously everybody's natal chart is different. So just like all of our, us have different thumbprints, in conjunction with the natal chart, what's very important is the date, time, and place of when and where you were born. So right. how does that play into the natal chart and why is that so important? Well, the, the date, time, and place of birth are the pieces of information required in order to cast a birth chart. Uh, so it is with these pieces of information that we are able to take that quote, snapshot of the solar system that we refer to as the natal or birth chart. Uh, it is possible. The, the birth time is very important. It gives us um, it gives us a couple of very important symbols in the birth chart called the uh, one called the ascendant, the other called the midheaven. Uh, if we do not have a birth time, which is fairly common for people, um, we can still do a chart reading. We're just not working with a complete picture. Um, so um, again, uh, the birth time is a fairly critical piece of information um, in order to cast a chart. And this brings up a question that I actually got from a listener who knew that I was going to be doing an astrology podcast because I do one every year. And I thought this was a, quite a, a great question because it was something that I had never thought of. How does astrology work for twins that are mm -hmm. born at the same day and, and place and time? Right. Okay. That's a great question. Um, uh, sometimes a couple of minutes, uh, difference in a birth time makes a huge difference in a birth chart and sometimes not. It just depends on when these twins are being born. Um, so you, I believe, are asking about the situation when twins who happen to be born two minutes apart makes very little difference between their birth charts. In other words, um, the question can be, how can two people who basically have the same exact birth chart be such different people? So am I getting that question right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Western astrology, which is also known as psychological astrology, views the planets of our solar system symbolically. The planets of the solar system represent all the various aspects of ourselves. So... Um, while each of these parts of uh, of you is looking for expression through you, you still have uh, a lot of choice in exactly how it is that you want to express that part of you. Um, let me give you an example. Uh, we all have the planet Uranus in our chart somewhere, uh, which means that Uranus is seeking an expression through all of us. Um, some of the conscious expressions for Uranus include things like fun, excitement, playfulness. Uh, Uranus is also the planet of uh, freedom and independence, uh, as well as all things radical and revolutionary. Um, Uranus is also the planet of things unconventional, unusual, even quirky. Um, Uranus represents the wild part in all of us, the daring part, the risk-taking part, the adventurous part of all of us. So, if Uranus is seeking an expression through through us, um, we have all this. We have a lot of elbow room in terms of exactly how we want to express our Uranus. Some of us uh, 
are more playful types. Some of us are the radical and revolutionary types. Some of us have a fierce sort of free and independent streak in us. Um, so you can see, um, again, we have a lot of choice, a lot of free will um, within the framework of astrology um, in exactly how we want to express these parts of ourselves. So twins who have the exact same planetary configuration in their chart uh, may choose uh, to express these planets in very different ways while still fulfilling the potential uh, within them to express these parts of themselves uh, in healthy ways. Yeah, and I will add to that because I, I feel that numerology and astrology mesh very well, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And <laughs> the way that numerology works, if that same question were to be asked about twins, is that mm -hmm. with numerology, it's all about the birth date, the birth name, and the, the actual day of birth. So while the day of birth and the birth date may be the same, the names of those babies, those individuals, are different. Mm -hmm. And as souls, when we come into this world, we choose the names that we're going to have that best suit our personality, the, the individual that we are, and how we want to express ourselves. So the name is what really uh, kind of kickstarts the type of individual that you're going to be. So that's often why twins are so different. One may be very conservative and one might be wild and crazy. And a lot of times that vision, that snapshot can be seen through the name. Wow, I really like that. Yeah. So yeah, they mesh very well. And that's that's why I, I really like the two. Uh, and often the traits and the personalities that come up in astrology and the patterns sync very closely and very well with numerology. It, it, mm -hmm. Our universe is, is quite amazing. Yes, yes. It's, it's like they had this all planned out. <laughs> right. There's... There's more going on here than we know, I oh, believe. no kidding. <laughs> more than our mind could ever possibly consume at one time. Right, yeah. So the other thing that uh, often an astrologist talks about when uh, you get a chart done, uh, the natal chart, is you talk about transits. So, and earlier you were also talking about, I want to back up just a little bit, you were talking about the ascending and descending. Just give us a little bit of an idea of, uh, these various terms that are often used during a chart, ascending mm -hmm. or descending, and then also the transits. What what okay. are what, what's that picture look like, and what is that? Okay, the the ascendant in a chart is also called the rising sign. By the way, um, that refers to the sign of the zodiac that was rising at the eastern horizon at the moment of birth. Um, so that, that would be somebody's rising sign. Uh, it's a very important symbol in astrology. It's, it's what we call a personal point. Um, it tells us, we call it the relationship axis. Uh, it, it is the symbol for relationships, including relationship with self, as well as um, uh, it's a health indicator. And it says something about our personality, as well as how we see the world and how the world sees us. Um, so that's one of a number of very important symbols in anyone's birth chart. Um, now, the, the transits in astrology, when we use the word transit in astrology, we're referring to the configuration of planets in our solar system at any particular time. Um, by the way, 
your birth chart is a snapshot of the transits of the day of your birth. The, we're basically provided with two broad categories of information when we look at astrology. The natal chart uh, tells us, as I mentioned earlier, it lays out our potentials for us. So it basically tells us, it gives us a picture of who you are becoming. And then the transits, the present location of the planets, tells us what's going on for you now. In other words, where are you in where are you at in that process of becoming who you're becoming at this time speaking very generally those are those are two broad categories of information that astrology gives us so what is the difference if i am new to you i get a natal chart but what is the difference for me or the benefit rather if i come to you say in a year to get an astrology reading, what can you give me at that point versus or different from my natal mm -hmm. chart? Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, again, the, the natal chart is a lifelong picture. Uh, we call it a static picture of who you are becoming, while the transits are constantly changing um, uh, because the planets continue to orbit the sun in our solar system. And as they do that, they key into or trigger the, uh, the positions of the planets at the time of your birth. Uh, this is what one of the mysteries of astrology is exactly how this works. Why is it that as the planets continue to orbit through the solar system, why they, when they come into particular configurations with the position of the planets at the time of our birth, why is it that that affects us so strongly? That's a bit of a mystery. Um, uh, we don't try to explain that away. We just, um, uh, that's why I mentioned earlier, astrology is much more akin to art than it is to science. There is quite a bit of mystery still left within the practice. I feel like I got off track. Did I answer your question? There? Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. I was just, uh, <laughs> I mean, I know the answer, but I'm, I always like to, uh, anticipate what a new listener may, the questions that they may have, because if they're completely new to it, they may not fully understand, uh, that they can come back because those transits do occur. So, uh, often what I will do is I will get an astrology reading once every you know, year to 18 months because mm -hmm. those transits do occur and I, which we'll talk about in a minute, but I want to know when it's a winter cycle and when it's a summer cycle because right. uh, if I'm going to be launching a new product or traveling or, you know, if you're getting married or whatever the it factor is, it's it's good to, to just be aware of what's going on in the sky. Yes, yes. So, so uh, I'm remembering now where I felt like I got off track uh, to, to answer your question. Um, you know, we do a chart reading now and you get the forecast for for what you're working with now and into the near future and a year from now, yeah, there's going to be some new information to talk about. So so that's why we would, uh, you know, do an update reading at that point too, because you will be at a different place in becoming who you're becoming uh, a year from now. Yeah. And it, the we aren't here to just you know, be Kim Kardashian and, and skip along and, and you know, um, not have challenges. The whole point of why we're here is to learn. So when you feel like, and I'd said this in the intro of, do, do you ever feel like you're having one of those days, one of those months or one of those years? Uh, sometimes the, um, just the awareness of knowing that Saturn is sitting on you or, you know, Uranus is in your chart. It's, it's good to know these things so that you can expect it and just kind of hunker down, so mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. Yep, it helps us work with what's being asked of us. Uh, as humans, we tend to uh, 
be quite disconnected from what's being asked of us um, energetically, uh, um, you know, to, to be aligned with the seasons of this planet as well as the cycles of our solar system is something that in our modern world we're, 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 we're moving away from. So astrology can help us re- realign ourselves and reconnect with, with what's really going on rather than what we think is going on. Yeah, I always think of it as a a uh, depleted pantry versus a stocked pantry. It's like <laughs> you still have food in the pantry, but your ingredients are limited. So you got to get creative with what you're going to cook. That's a great analogy. Yeah. So uh, I've had your father on here uh, several times onto the podcast, and and I've mentioned uh, 2008 a couple of times, but it was a pivotal time because Uranus, Saturn, and, and Pluto. Um, which all kind of joined together, uh, started to create a big shift in awareness. And he has mentioned uh, several times that it was a similar alignment to that of the 60s. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's so interesting that he has brought that awareness to me that it was an alignment or similar to the alignment of the 60s, especially now that we're starting to see such a major shift or a similar shift in equality again with everything that's going on with Ferguson, Trayvon Martin, and then more recently now Eric Gardner with Daniel Pantelio, I think is how you pronounce his name. Mm -hmm. And this isn't a political show by any means, Mm -hmm. but I just watched a movie that was a documentary on the 60s and it was talking about how such great change was taking place with Martin Luther King and Kennedy and just movements of mass consciousness and how ironic that like your father said that the planets are aligned in a very similar way and here we are once again back at something that was very similar to that happened 40 years ago Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we are approaching a, a new square which is coming up and we'll talk about in a minute but this is obviously written in the stars this transformation this this new consciousness and awareness is is in in the stars and astrology has certain planets that allow us to know that this is going on what can this show us what can this teach us and and how does this help change occur i almost feel like the the planets are aligning in a certain way And they're banging us up against the head because we haven't been doing it. We're not paying attention to it. And so the the planets align in a certain way that basically force us to pay attention, to bring awareness Mm -hmm. to something. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Yes. Pluto and Uranus squaring each other in the solar system represent what we're calling radical transformation. Uh, It's also uh, called shocking transformation. Um, That's because Pluto is the planet of power and transformation, also the planet of death and rebirth. Uranus is the planet of the radical and revolutionary. So we put them together. It's not only a transformation picture, it's a radical transformation picture. This is a global picture. It is affecting all of us. It's affecting the collective. It's affecting the organizational structures of our of our world and uh, and our 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 you know not only our our human world society and whatnot but uh, you know the the planet we live on as well. So it's affecting the collective. Uh, it's also affecting us all personally um, uh, on in various ways, and and that's what we do when we we take a look at an individual birth chart is is we take a look and see 
exactly how is the radical transformation affecting you? You know, it might be affecting my career symbolism while it's affecting your relationship symbolism and someone else's health symbolism. So that's the, we kind of tease all those details out during an individual reading, but there is no doubt that we are, we are living in a world under radical transformation. The seed of this radical transformation, as you've already mentioned, uh, was planted back in the 60s. We are um, uh, experiencing the next phase of that process of radical transformation. And, and this is considered a very challenging relationship between these two planets. Um, so we are all being challenged to radically transform. Um, you know, the, the language we use with Pluto is that we are being asked to shed or transform that which no longer serves. So this is basically a call to all of us to take a look at our lives, um, take a look at the world we live in. And uh, if something's not working, it's time to either get rid of it or transform it into something more workable. Mm. Uh, I love the, that. The thing about the radical transformation is that doesn't tell us anything about whether it's a positive or negative transformation. It's just radical transformation. So in some areas, in some places, uh, this radical transformation is is a little sketchy. You know, the for example, the global warming picture is uh, this is radical transformation headed in a direction that may not be survivable. You know, uh, so I don't want to get doomsdayish or anything here, but... Uh, in, in other places, in other ways, this radical transformation is looking quite nice. Um, so it's on the collective level, we have only so much control over this radical transformation. So it can get a little scary at times. On a personal level, we all have the chance to work this consciously. In other words, you get to decide for yourself, um, to some degree anyways, um, how you want to be this radical transformation. We have an expression in astrology, be the change or suffer the change. So, so we're all being called to be the radical transformation in some way. And this is, this is a big deal. This runs into 2017. So we're right in the, the thick of it now. Um, and that's just one picture of, of a number of pictures that we have going on um, these days. Uh, but this is a, because it's Pluto and Uranus, they are slow moving outer planets. So this is a very long lasting transit picture here. Again, t 2008 to 2017, it's, it's approaching a decade long transit, just as it was in the 60s from, from about 63 to 71, I believe it was. Um, but it really is a call to action. I think that it's, it's really forcing us to bring light to issues that do need to change uh global warming absolutely i just watched uh mass extinction on the smithsonian channel yesterday mm. and just the you know, one of the the most brilliant quotes that was on there is that we used to be one with nature and we've become a force against nature wow mm -hmm. and just talking about the, the small degrees of climate change, how we are, have slowly been increasing the, the climate just in the last 100 years and how quickly it's damaging the oceans, the forests, even in Yosemite, this little tiny beetle that's absolutely destroying all of the forests. And there used to be a part of the forest that the beetle wouldn't touch because the elevation was so high that it got too cold for the beetle. But because of the warming, the beetle has now gone to the tops of the hills in Yosemite, and they've they had helicopter shots 
of the entire hills where they've just mm. been completely wiped out. Wow. So it really yeah. is. And and I've been preaching this on every podcast, every blog post, every article I can possibly get my hands on is it's now or never. We got to get our hand, you know, heads out of the sand here and we've got to start mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a small change or a big change, but change needs to occur. Yeah. This is a call to action as you said. Uh, it's easy to fall into despair in this world under radical transformation. Or ignore um, it. Or ignore it, uh, which is is the route many people are are taking. (laughs) Um, uh, We call that living unconsciously. I like to tell people we work for the world we want to live in. Um, So as long as, well, I'll speak for myself. Uh, As long as I'm doing my best to be a part of the solution rather than being part of the problem, I can lay down at night and rest with a clean conscience amidst a world that is on fire, basically. (laughs) So uh, this is is big stuff here. So we've talked about how this alignment is very similar to that of the 60s. We've got a big square that's about to occur. And I'm presuming that a square like this didn't occur after this alignment in the 60s. So clearly there's no uh, repetition in in the stars, so to speak, as far as being able to look back to the 60s and say, okay, what happened after this the last time? So what four planets are about to align? And uh, from what I understand, this is something that is uh, something that astrologists aren't entirely sure what to expect. But in your professional opinion, what does it what do you think it means? Okay. The the planets that you're referring to are the planets Neptune, Saturn, Jupiter, and to some degree Chiron, although Chiron is is sort of moving out of the picture, but, but he's still to be considered as part of this picture. Um, so in 2015, while the radical transformation picture continues, we have this other group of planets forming up, forming a relationship with one another, and in challenging ways, uh, just like the Uranus-Pluto square. Um, so because of the number of planets, four planets involved here, it, it's rather complicated looking. So yeah, to try and predict exactly what this is going to look like is, I'd be, I'd be stepping out onto thin ice there. But I can, you know, what I can say is that uh, we will all be, be being asked to give Uranus, Saturn, Jupiter, and Chiron healthy expressions within ourselves and in our lives. And, uh, well, just to give you a taste of what this might look like, let's just take a moment and and talk about each planet individually, and then we can try and make sense of of what they might be trying to do together. Neptune. Well, actually, before I do that, I I need to explain something about astrology. Um, And I alluded to it earlier with the twins question, but um, the idea here with this stuff is that it's up to us to give these planets healthy expression. We call it conscious expression. Uh, if we do not do this, these planets or parts of ourselves will express themselves in unconscious ways, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just that we have very little control over it, and it can be the source of, of many of our troubles. Um, so what astrology is trying to do is help us express all these parts of ourselves in conscious and healthy ways. Um, And in doing so, we minimize the chance that these planets are going to express themselves in their darker ways or more challenging ways. Um, So when we look at Neptune, Saturn, Jupiter, and Chiron, um, 
coming into relationship with one another, let me lay out some of the healthier expressions for each one of these planets. Uh, Neptune is the planet of spirituality, creativity, imagination, and dreaming. He represents the vision we all have for ourselves and for the world. Saturn is, is very much the polar opposite of Neptune in that Neptune represents the dream and the vision while Saturn represents reality and the work to be done. Um, so he's the planet that rules things like work. He rules the truth and integrity and boundaries and things like commitment, um, all things long lasting and stable and enduring. He's the planet that helps us build foundations. He helps us build the life we want. Um, Jupiter, we call the god of fortune um, or the planet of fortune. Jupiter rules many of the nice things in life. Uh, he is the planet of, of things like, because Jupiter is the biggest planet in the solar system, he represents things like expansion and growth and uh, good luck, fortunate opportunities, um, abundance and optimism and hope and generosity and deeper understanding and joy and happiness. So you can see, again, this planet rules many of the nice things. Um, and then finally, Chiron is the planet that rules what we call wounding and healing. Uh, he rules all the things that happen to you that have hurt throughout your life, all the healing you will come to as a result of those wounds. And then ultimately, he represents your ability to be some sort of healer, educator, or facilitator. Again, that's what I referred to a few minutes ago as being part of the solution in the world. This is the planet that represents our ability to be of some service, some help in some way. Um, and that's what we're referring to as healing. Um, so that was a mouthful. Um, that was a lot of language there. So, so again, trying to make sense of this uh, can get a little complicated. So what we're being asked to do in 2015, and this runs into, well into 2016 as well, it, it starts forming up at the new year, 2015. These four planets forming up are part of the radical transformation that we are to experience. Now Neptune, Saturn, Chiron, and Jupiter all want to be a part of this radical transformation. So at its best, one of a thousand ways to work these planets in healthy ways would be to, if you have a dream or vision for yourself, that would be the Neptune. You may be given the opportunity, that would be Jupiter, to get to work on building that dream, that would be Saturn. And through building that dream, that could facilitate some sort of healing in you or your life or allow you to bring sort of some sort of healing into the world. That would be the Chiron. So that would be one example of, of how these planets might be worked in healthy ways in a person's life. Um, if a person does nothing about this and, and just keeps, as you said, the blinders on, this could be a pretty rough picture. Saturn is the planet of difficulties. Neptune is the planet of all the ways we deceive ourselves and others. Uh, it's the planet of fogginess and lack of clarity. Chiron, as I mentioned, is not only the planet of healing, but of wounding. And Jupiter is the planet that expands whatever he comes into contact with. So if it's a problem that's being ignored, Jupiter can just make it bigger. We've got, you know, so at its worst, this could be something like some sort of big, difficult fogginess or lack of clarity in a person's life that, that ends up being wounding in some way. Um, so that doesn't sound very fun. So, so, you know, the idea is 
Let's give these planets healthy expressions. You've got a lot of choice in exactly how you want to do that. But to, to lean into that work somehow um, is, is minimizing the chance that you'll be experiencing the really rough and difficult side of these planets. So what does that mean uh, as we approach and get into full swing of 2015? This can really affect anything. I mean, this could be mm. global warming. This could be government. Uh, this could be personal. This is kind of a, a broad spectrum, right? This can really hit and affect everything. Sure. Yeah. When Saturn and Neptune are, are configured, are, are in a relationship with one another, again, I mentioned they're sort of polar opposites. So this can represent the the polarity between the dream and the reality, you know, uh, the fantasy and w what really needs to happen here. So, so on a global level, this could represent yeah, a, a challenge between uh, people being idealistic in the world um, and, uh, and sort of being out of touch with reality and what really needs to happen. Saturn wants to get to work on these problems and bring the healing into the world. But it's up to us to step towards that. And this continues until 2016, you said? Yeah, well into sort of the spring of 2016. Um, and the, these time frames are, are you know, they, they've got some blurry edges here and there. There's debate in the astrological community as to exactly when transits begin and end. But yeah, into the spring of 2016 is, is how I'm working with this picture. And is there any other uh, alignments for 2015? Is there anything else that's going on, uh, little things or other things that are simultaneously occurring that we should know about? Well, um, I, I hadn't actually prepared anything to speak about here today, but the, what I haven't mentioned in, in, all, in all, all the planets we've mentioned so far are we haven't mentioned the inner planets, uh, Mercury, Venus, Mars. These are the planets closer to the sun and move fairly quickly around the sun. Therefore, their transits are fairly short-lived. Um, uh, so they come sweeping in and out of these bigger planetary pictures um, and, and bring their influence in and out of the pictures. So Venus is the goddess of love, art, and beauty. She'll be sweeping through these pictures and, you know, bringing something to do with our ability to be loving or artful or beautiful into the picture. Um, Mercury sweeps through and he's the planet of communication. So, so we can um, somehow, how we're thinking and communicating about these issues uh, gets brought in and out of the picture with Mercury coming in and out. And then Mars, Mars we call the trigger planet. He's the god of war um, in mythology. So Mars can sort of activate and fire up these pictures. So actually we sort of, um, when Mars is coming into the pictures, we're often sort of uh, wringing our hands a little bit uh, at times, waiting to see what's going to, what, what he's going to trigger. You know, I mean, I'm thinking about the Middle East, really, when I'm saying yeah. that in terms of how explosive it is over there. And it can, the radical transformation is, is a really... Um, turbulent and in my opinion kind of scary picture that that uh, you know the violence is just is heartbreaking so that we can expect those those influences coming in and out of these pictures um throughout uh, the life of the picture throughout 2015 and 2016 well and i have to agree with you that the 
the bigger picture here is is simply and and your father has has briefly spoke about this before is that there's no going back to the old ways mm-hmm. which i don't know that there ever was but <laughs> we really have been called up to action and to change and it's not about going back to the way things were but learning to live with the way things are and getting rid of what doesn't work and bringing mm-hmm. awareness to the things that do need that radical change and do need that radical transformation because we've been uh, I feel like we've been quite gluttonous in the mm. last 15 years mm-hmm. yeah. and we have I... really taken for granted some of these ultimate luxuries uh, that have been around us and surrounded us and in in that action of, of taking for granted really things that don't matter we have abused mother earth we've had major violence we've we've been focusing on the wrong things i feel like what has worked in the past will no longer do uh, it's time to try something new so that's why we say be the change or suffer the change we ha- we are being called to be that change if we do not step to it we may suffer the consequences of that. And, and I, I don't, you know, I'm not implying anything there, but uh, we're starting to get lots of indications in the world that that uh, is going to be a pretty unpleasant ride for us uh, yeah. if we don't get to work now on things. And start focusing on the right things. Mm, like yes. we're talking about with the, the Middle East. I mean, in my practice, in my feng shui practice, it, everything comes down to energy and the way that, we decorate a home. It's not about putting furnishings in the home for the sake of, you know, having a place to sit. It's all, it's this whole dynamic relationship of energy in the home, the intention of the home, why we're putting those things in the home, what's gone on in the home. It, I mean, we don't start doing any decorating until we know exactly what the intentions of that home are and the energy that has basically been there. Because there's all this residual energy. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like with the Middle East, we've got this big blender that's just in turmoil. And it's this constant negative energy and violence. And it's just in this blender. And mm-hmm. it's got it, it, basically four walls around it with this uh, blade underneath it just churning crap up. And change can't occur until somebody turns it off and cleanses the energy i feel like there's so much turmoil and bad energy residual energy that mm-hmm. has been there for so long that it's like they're on a hamster wheel and it can't yeah. stop yeah it's right. like it needs a massive cleansing and a huge peace protest to go through there to bring in positive energy and different thought and better intention mm-hmm. to change the cycle and the pattern Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and maybe this alignment will do something about that. Perhaps you know. Again, it it all depends on uh, a certain percentage of the population living consciously. Um, you know, because the the blender analogy you just used is the result of the unconscious, the collective sort of unconsciousness, uh, where everyone is to a large degree, asleep at the wheel in this world. Um, so, yeah, this is, uh, we're at a big turning point these days, these years. And, um, you know, again, that's why I just tell, you know, it's easy to fall into despair around this stuff. I just tell people, you just keep working for the world you want to see. That's, that's what we can do. 
Yeah, uh, I agree. I just, my last podcast was with uh, Chris Sacco. Uh, he's a, one of the founders of Groundswell International, and, and they are literally changing lives one farmer at a time. And they're, they're teaching uh, third world countries about sustainability and being independent through farming. And mm-hmm. they're creating programs here in the U.S., which are going to launch next year, and teaching people about health and um, seed saving and the, the effects of GMOs and things like that. And as I was doing the podcast with them, I was thinking, this is exactly why I do this podcast, is I don't care if it's only one listener, that it, it mm-hmm. sparks their imagination to do mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. whether it's small or big. But to do something, mm-hmm. I uh, I appreciate you you bringing this platform uh, to to us all. Um, there are ten thousand ways to be a healer in this world. Um, you know, the the you know the you with your interior design. You know, um, just bringing uh, some making a, a home environment energetically supportive then allows that person to step out into the world and and. Uh, be more of a positive influence in some way. So, so we're all part of this here. And, and again, to be a healer, I'm using that term very pro- broadly. Just be part of the solution in some way. Uh, do what, do your part. So, I'm. I'm what a ho- terrific way to uh, kind of wrap everything we've just talked up mm-hmm. about into a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. Thank you again. Thank you um, for this opportunity to to talk about this stuff. This is important stuff and I'm just honored to be a part of this conversation I agree I, I think that uh, like I said if, if one listener hears this today and decides to volunteer give back in some way create change if I can lay my head down on my pillow and, and rest in peace uh, today, okay you know? <laughs> yeah that bless us all for, for doing our part here Perfect. Well, Josh, as I, I assumed it would be, our podcast uh, went very, very quickly. I want to uh, thank you for being on today. If somebody is interested in getting their own uh, natal chart done to find out what their blueprint is and what to expect, and, and especially what to expect coming up in 2015, mm-hmm. how can they contact you? How can they find you? My contact information is on my website at joshuabradyastrologer.com. Awesome. I really, really want to thank you for coming on today and taking the time to chat with me and talk about the stars. It was enlightening as usual, and we're going to focus on the positive aspects of what's going on in the sky so that we can focus on the more positive attributes of what they have to offer. Mm, thanks, Amanda. Thanks for having me. I'm so grateful to have been given the opportunity to be here today. Thanks so much, Josh. We'll talk soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Arthur C. Clarke was once quoted as saying, I don't believe in astrology. I'm a Sagittarius and we're skeptical. Whether you choose to believe in the mystery of the stars or not, the bottom line is this. We are surrounded by unexplainable energies and synchronicities every day. I've been studying numerology for over five years, and I have yet to meet a person that I cannot read simply by seeing their numbers. As Josh said, astrology is who we have the potential to be, and it gives us the necessary tools to step up or step out. So it bears the question, how will you choose? You can either be the change or suffer from it. I want to thank you for listening today. I'm your host, Amanda, and if you like this podcast, leave us a review and subscribe. 
If you have questions or comments, you can find us online at gatesinteriordesign.com or find me on Twitter at the Amanda Gates. Here's to living your best life. Bye for now.